0: to us if we're right or wrong <laughs> amen I, I love and appreciate brother justin amen he stand. he stood behind us ever since uh he got in church and uh he helps us out with our ministers he's our ministry director in the in the assemblies of the lord jesus christ and uh he followed me all the way down to uh uh mcgee mississippi just to hear me preach twice i know that's the only reason he went i know he drove to some restaurants specifically and uh ate but i believe he came to hear me but i want him to come tonight and i want brother justin barnes to preach whatever he feels teach i don't care what it is i trust him amen he's anointed of god and i'm looking forward to hearing what he said did you get brother justin and the lord of big hands he comes jesus Can we give the Lord another hand clap of praise? You can't plan a, a trip anywhere away from here and tell a fat boy about it because we're going to look at what all restaurants might be in driving distance. Then I'm going to hit them up. I mean, the preaching was great, but I tell you what, I ate some great shrimp too. It was, it was good, wasn't it, Robert. If you have your Bibles, thank you, Brother Porterfield, for letting me preach. Thank you for trusting me to to preach to you, church. I'm honored for that. To the people that uh, y'all show up every Wednesday night, I'm honored to get to speak to you. Y'all are the core of the church, the people that are here no matter what happens. We couldn't make it without y'all. Thank y'all for being faithful on a Wednesday night. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis Chapter 19, verses 17 through 23. Brother Chad and Brother Jeremy, a few weeks ago when I was going to get to preach on a Sunday, they really hurt my feelings. They uh, they got all excited. I mean, Brother Chad met me in Walnut, and he said, I wonder who's preaching this Sunday Is after Sister Landon and Brother Glenn's wedding. And I said, well, I am. He said, oh man, I can't wait. And then I get to church, and Jeremy blasted me. He said, man, I'm so excited you're preaching. And it's not that they think I'm good, it's that they know that I'm not very long-winded. It hurt my feelings a little bit. But if you have your Bibles, Genesis nineteen seventeen through 23 says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that He said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Verse 20 says, Behold, now this city is near to flee into, and it is a little one. O let me escape thither, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything until uh, till thou be come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. Uh, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered unto Zoar. The angels came, they told him to escape. They told him to go to a mountain. And he said, I can't go to the mountain. Something might happen to me. There's a little city that's not too far from here. Will you spare that city and let me go there? And they told him, yeah, we'll spare that city. Let you go there. And, uh, that's where he went. They couldn't do anything until he got to the city. Can you can lay your Bibles down. Let's pray. God, I love You. Lord, I praise You. God, I I need Your help tonight, Lord. I'm asking You, Lord, to help me to preach to these people what Your Word says. God, I'm asking You, Lord, to anoint me tonight. God, let me say something that's going to convict somebody in this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, I want to tell somebody tonight, you can be seated. I want to tell somebody tonight to stay in the church. It doesn't necessarily make sense at this time with with the the Scripture that I read, but it it will when we get to the end. I want to tell you to stay in the church. it It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Stay in the church. We live in a day when things are coming against us where we're tempted with so many things. And above all, stay in the church. This is one of the most familiar passages of Scripture. It's one that we go to every time we want to talk about the judgment of God. It's one that we go to every every time we deal with sexual immorality. Uh, it's one of the things that we go to in the Old Testament every time we want to scare people, I guess, if they're acting up or maybe they they dabbling in some things that they shouldn't be. It lets you know what can happen when you turn your back on God. That's the reason we use this this story. Let you know what can happen when you give yourselves over to the desires of the flesh. Let us know what can happen when we go against God's commandments. And while we're going to get to all that transpired there in 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 this topic scripture here with Sodom and Gomorrah. Before I do, I want to talk just a little bit about Lot. I want to find out what it was about Lot that just why why he stayed in Sodom? What what it, what was going on in his life? The Bible describes Lot as just and righteous. It meant that he kept God's law. Undoubtedly, he learned it growing up. He learned the law growing up under the wing of his mentor, Abraham, or Abram at that time. Lot had witnessed Abram's personal example of changing from a life of worshiping idols to becoming a great servant of the one true God. Lot observed that when his uncle received God's calling to leave his home, this would be very hard to leave everything you're familiar with, to leave your home, to leave your your your, your kin that's not going to go with you, to leave everything that you know and go to a, a place that God said if you'll go there I'm going to make a, a new home for you it would be hard to do that but he saw God be obedient to to the Lord when God called him and told him to leave he took his wife his nephew his servants Abram did he took his wife nephew servants cattle and his possessions and left for a foreign territory all the while trusting in God to direct his steps this along with other times of Abram exercising his great faith must have made a profound impact on Lot's life I mean how could you see the the way this man operated and, and the way that this man would build altars in his prayer life and the way that he loved the Lord how could you see that and it not impact you how could it not make an example on you there comes a time in lots life where the people he had in his life were causing problems with Abrams people the shepherds Genesis 13 tells us that lots herdsmen were fighting with Abrams herdsmen so they decided to separate And while this was Abrams idea your stuff should never keep you from the man of God your stuff should never keep you from the house of God I'll I'll give up everything I have to stay in the house of God. I'll give up everything that I own and everything that I am as long as I can make it to heaven. And I can't make it to heaven without a man of God in my life. Abram was the sheik of his family. And when we say sheik in this this context, I know we think Muslim and everything now, but uh, a sheik is basically just just the ruler of, of the household of an Arabic uh, family, a person from from the Arabian region and all that. So he was the sheik of his family. This is uh, when you say family. When we talk about family, he's talking about the the, the people of Israel, the people that were to to birth the the, the people of Israel, and and this is going to be a shadow of the church to come. But the sheik was the leader of the whole family. He wasn't just over. Uh, I wouldn't, if I was the sheik, I wouldn't just have Myra and Jackson and the new baby that's coming. I, I would have Myra and I would have Jackson and I would have, uh, Jackson's kids. I would have the cousins. I would have, uh, everybody that's, that, that's related pretty close to me. He, he, when he was the sheik, he had a, he he had everybody that was close to him. He was the authority figure in Lot's, Lot's life. He didn't just have his wife and kids. He had the brothers, the sisters, the nephews, nieces, etc. He he was the 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 guy that was the authority. The guy that when they had an issue, he was the one that they went and talked to. He was the guy that that would help them make good decisions. He was he was the guy that whenever Lot had anything going on in his life, he was unsure about. Abram was who he went to. He was the authority figure. And Lot decides to leave the authority figure, the man of God in his life, because he had stuff. He, uh, his stuff that he had was so important to him, and, and I understand that it couldn't survive with Abram's. But but at some point you got to say, you know what, my stuff ain't worth leaving my soul, losing my soul. And that that's where we were. That's where Lot was at with this. He he decides, you know what, I can't let go of my stuff. I I can lose the man of God in my life. I can leave them, but I can't lose this stuff. Lot leaves his authority. <clears throat> Lot watched how Abram handled a journey when he left his homeland and now it's time for Lot to make his own journey. Lot sees the green grass of the plain and chooses what he's drawn to by his flesh. Abram listened to the spirit. He allowed God to order his steps. Lot saw what looked good to the eye. Abraham had the mindset that God would supply his needs. Lot said, "I can make it on my own. Look at the pastures for my cattle." Abram said, "I'm going to depend on God." Lot got caught up in a war between cities. Abram got his name changed to Abraham. Lot had to worry if his family had a future because the things were taken. His his things and his family were taken hostage during the war. Abraham was promised a future when God promised him a son. Lot had all these worries, and Abram had all the answers. And that's what's happened when you stay in the church. The worries that you have, God's going to meet your needs. He's going to supply every need. may not come when you think it needs to, but He'll never leave you and He'll never fail you. He's an on-time God. He's a God uh, of everything that we have need of. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life, God will make sure that we're taken care of. Lot lost all of his stuff. And that's what happens when you backslide. Lot lost all of his stuff. When you backslide, the first thing that's going to go is your relationship with God. When your relationship with God goes, the blessings of God goes. When the blessings of God goes, some, some, some mentalities start to change and some depression comes in. And when that comes in, you start treating your family different. And your family starts getting a wedge in between you and them. And when, when that happens, you're going to lose your family. You're going to resort to things that can end your life. So stay in the church. Stay in the church. Abraham entered. Lot lost his stuff. Abraham entered into a covenant with God, where God promised him everything he could see. Lot lost it all because he left his authority and his man of God. He left the church. I'm telling somebody to stay in the church tonight. The church is who's, who's going to fight with you. The church is where you get your strength. You can't make it a day without the fellowship of God's people. You can't make it a day with getting into God's presence. But if you don't stay in the church, you're not going to want to get into God's presence. Lot chose what he thought to be the best location to prosper. He chose the fertile pastures of the plain. He saw the grass and thought that that looked like a great spot to set up camp for a while for his cattle. Just because it looks good and just because it feels right doesn't mean it's always what's best for you. Sometimes what looks good happens to be too close to a place called Sodom. What looks good happens to be too close to a place that's going to cost you your family. And sometimes it's too close to a place that's going to cause you to backslide and cause your kids to grow up in a home that's that, that, that it, that split and they don't know what it's like to spend holidays with both parents. Sometimes uh, lo- losing out or, or, or getting too close to a place called Sodom is going to cost you so many things that you don't want to give up. It's going to cost you your family. It'll cost you your walk with God. It feels good, but it's going to cost you. I can't go the places I used to go. And I can't listen to what I used to listen to. Some people can, I can't. Uh, I told Brother Corey the other day... I be heading to shelbyville and there's dead spaces there where you can't get any christian radio and i'll i'll scan the right ra- i'll just hit scan on the radio and let stuff start start going through there and and man, some people must just be strong. I don't know, but I, I can't listen to it. It makes me want to go drink. It may, it makes me want to go do a lot of the stuff that I used to do. I, I can't listen to that stuff. You you Maybe you can, but I can't. I have to come out from among things and be separate. I have to separate some things out of my life because if I don't, it's going to cost me. The Bible says to lay aside every weight every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. It doesn't just say to lay aside the sin. It says the things that are in your lives that may trip you up. It, it may not, but it may. It'd be a sad thing to go to hell because we had something in our life that didn't trip somebody up, but me, it, it cost me my soul. It'd be a sad thing to not lay aside every weight. Lot took to the fertile plain. Abraham took to the sand. Lot suffered setbacks. Abraham prospered. I, Hebrews eleven eight through ten says by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance uh, he obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, or dwelling in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The word said that Abraham was a sojourner, which was a spiritual stranger. He was a pilgrim who refused to embrace the ways of this world. He refused to to think like the world and be like the world. He could have lived in a palace... With the things that Abraham had, he could have lived like all all the kings of the plain. He could have been, he could have had anything that he wanted. He could have lived in a palace, but instead he chose to dwell in tents, moving from place to place, never settling down to establish roots in a world that didn't want God. This was the man that Lot had looked up to for years, that he had patterned his life after, a man that lived in tents so that he could move his family if situations arose that would have a negative impact on his family. A man that could move his family if he started seeing his family getting too close to the world. A man that could pick up everything he had and just leave and take his family away from the the ungodly influences that, that was in his life. This man was the man that taught Lot everything that he knew. So while reading and studying for this message, knowing why Abraham dwelt in tents, knowing the importance of not putting down roots in a world that is so ungodly, knowing that he was Lot's role model, I started wondering, at what point did Lot abandon his teaching? At what point did Lot move out of the tent and into the city? when did pitching his tent towards Sodom become dwelling in Sodom why would he put down roots in Sodom the most ungodly place he could have put down roots he wasn't just dwelling in Sodom he, he wasn't just dwelling there it said when the angels come they found him sitting at the gate if you were a man that sat at the gate it means you had power in that city it means that you were a magistrate or a judge Lot had the power to take the things that there was going on in Sodom and say hey that ain't happening here but he didn't do that. Lot had become so influenced by Sodom. He had left the church and he'd become so influenced by Sodom that, that he didn't even know right from wrong anymore. He didn't even didn't even try to take anybody with him to heaven. He didn't even try to preach anything that was going to save anybody. He could have he, he saved so many people, but he didn't. Not only Has he left the tent for the city, but he's a person that could put a stop to the sin if he wanted. Instead, he allowed it to consume the city. And not just the city, but his family. What could make a man such as Lot, a man that saw the hand of God in his mentor's life, a man that helped build an altar? How can you build an altar and then st- settle in Sodom? How can you build an altar and sacrifice unto the Lord and then settle in a place called Sodom, a place that's going to cost you your family? What could make this man become so passive about being around sin that he kept his family in that environment until they adopted similar lifestyles? Two of his daughters married into Sodom. They didn't marry Into May, into the church. They didn't marry his relatives, they made into Sodom. Ah. Song of Solomon. 2 and 15 says it's the little foxes that spoil the vines for our vines have tender grapes what may have happened was like when he pitched that tent towards Sodom he started conversating with some people of Sodom he started hanging out with some people of Sodom maybe it started with, with, with hanging out with people of Sodom or trading to Sodom making friends in Sodom inviting Sodom into your lives more and more and I know that we got to reach this world we, we've got to do everything we can to take everybody to, to, to heaven with us but my family comes first I'm not putting my family I'm not, I'm not taking my family to Sodom to live I'm not, I'm not taking them anywhere near Sodom The little things, the day-to-day things, the getting up so focused on what you've got to get done that day that we don't pray. The things that we've got to get done that day that we don't take our time to get our reading time in. I can't make it without that Word. If I don't start my day without that Word, I'm the devil. You can ask my wife. I'm sure she said, before church, you didn't read today. It's hard to preach after them kind kind of moments before church. But anyway, uh, uh, I did read today, by the way. Maybe not as much as I should have. But the, it's, it's the little things. The things where you, you say, you know what, I'm not going to fast right now because I want to go do this. Or I'm not going to take time out of my schedule to, to to pray the way that I need to. And all the while, you're surrounding your family with temptations and stumbling blocks. Allowing things into your life that go against God's word, because when we don't pray, we're not as convicted. When we don't pray, we're more out to give in to things that we, that we normally would stand up against and say, that ain't happening in my house. When we don't pray and when we don't read, that's when we say, you know what? It really ain't that bad. We can't do that. We can't let that stuff in our homes. We we, we can't get the mindset that it's okay. we got to get the mindset that above all else, I must be saved. I've got to take my family with me. I've got to make sure that I do everything in my power to make my family uh, separate my family from the things of this world. Could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Sodom has nothing to offer that's worth your kids or your family. It has nothing to offer that's worth anything that God has blessed you with. Whatever you do, don't pitch your tent towards Sodom. You stay with Abraham. You stay in the church. There's safety in the church. Don't hang out with people of Sodom. I preached a message one time called, Who's Sitting at Your Table? And what's going on in that message is it's when Herod is there and the one translation said after after Herodias, his daughter, came and danced before him, it said he gave her, he promised her whatever she wanted and she went back to her mom. She came back and her mom said, I want John Baptist his head go tell him that and she comes back she said i want the head of john the baptist and it said that he he couldn't refuse her he had to give it to her because one translation says because the people that were sitting at his table the people, why would you surround yourselves with people that says go ahead and give her the, the man of God's head? Why wouldn't you surround yourself with people that says you know what? You need to stop right there. You don't touch the anointed. You need to stop right there. You don't touch the man of God. You you support the man of God. Don't touch him. If, they, if they're if wanting his head, you get them out of your life. You get them gone right now. You, you promote everything that's godly and you support the man of God. Why would Herod not... Get those people out of there and surround himself with people that was going to be beneficial to him. Proverbs 4 and 14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. It matters who you hang out with. It matters what type of people you surround yourselves with. It matters the company that you keep. It matters who you hang out with. When I first got back in church, I love your son to death, Sister Cheryl. Jonathan Kirkman gave me the best advice anybody could ever give me. We we were both doing stupid stuff at the same time. And uh, I went to see him. And I told him, I said, man, this just ain't working. I think I'm going to... I'm going to quit doing this stuff. I'm I'm getting back in church. I'm going to live for the Lord. And he told me, he said, well, if you're going to do that, don't come around me. I thought Jonathan was messing with it. I thought he was being a smart aleck. But he wasn't. He said, because I'm not going to be the one that sm- makes you mess up. If you're going to live for God, you don't come around here. You make sure that that I'm not trying to do anything that's going to mess you up. That's the kind of people that I respect. The people that they may not live for God, but they ain't going to do anything to mess you up. I'm thankful for Jonathan Kirkman. He's one of my best friends. I, 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 I'm thankful for him. The company that you keep it matters. That's why the Word says to come out from among them and be ye separate. It's not saying to act like we're better than people because we're not. We've all come short of the glory of God. It's not saying to not talk to people when you see them out. But what it's saying is if you're going to make it, you're going to have to stop going places you used to go and you're going to have to stop doing things you used to do. You're going to have to have a standard in your life that you hold yourself to. I can't imagine what Lot was even thinking though. Keeping his family in a place like that, a place where there was people that wouldn't tell him you're doing wrong. There were people that say, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep doing what we're doing. It's fun. Can't imagine what would keep his family there. Pay attention to what your kids watch. Pay attention to what is being put into their life. Sodom ain't ain't worth your kids. He kept his family in Sodom until they developed a love for Sodom. The pool of the sins that they were surrounded with had more influence on them than their dad did. The son-in-laws were so in love with the surroundings that even the warning from Lot didn't work. The world had more of an influence on them than the Word. You can't fill yourself with things of this world and expect to have spiritual discernment. If you want to know what God wants to happen in your life, you can't fill yourself with the things of this world. You're going to have to fill yourselves with the Word of God and with prayer. You're going to have to fill yourself with things that God is pleased with, not things that is tying us to this world. You can back up to the end of Genesis chapter 18 and see where Abraham is trying to negotiate with the angels. All there had to be was just a few righteous people in the city and the angels would have, would have not destroyed it. All there had to be was just a few people that said, you know what, I'm not living like that, and the angels would have saved it. What would have happened if maybe he left Abram, but he left and took part of Abram with him. Maybe he left Abram, but he, he he left with the anointing that Abram had and he took it to Sodom. That city might not have been destroyed. What well, if there had been a pastor in that city? Or, or what if Lot would have preached to those people of that city uh, to change, to live for God? Then maybe it would have made it and we wouldn't be reading about it today as a warning. The angels came to Sodom at evening and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. We'll paraphrase it to, to, for the sake of time. Uh, they come in he brings them into his house the men knock on the door they want the angels he says no and then uh, a bunch of stuff happens and they anyway they end up the angels tell him you're going to have to get out of here because we're going to destroy this city that's that's the gist of all that so he they tell him though to convince whoever will come with you to come and Lot tries to convince his son-in-laws he tries to convince his daughters and he couldn't do it the sin had got a hold of their life so bad that they, they wouldn't even listen to their dad. And that's how we come to Lot and his two daughters fleeing and his wife fleeing the city much like in lots day we're living in a time that we better do everything possible to stay in the church we're tempted around every corner we've got things pulling for our attention and things vying for our time that no other generation has ever had and that but that lets me know that we've got to spend more time in prayer and we've got to fast and we've got to read like no other generation has if we're going to save this world if we're going to change we got to stay in the church we got to do everything we can to be pleasing to god Stay in the church. Let's get back to the topic. Scripture in Genesis talks about how they commanded Lot to take his family to the mountain to escape the wrath. And Lot convinces them to go, to let him go to a small city that was nearby. And once they reach that city, I've heard it preached for years, and maybe I was wrong. I, well, I was wrong, but uh, uh, maybe I was just too stupid to pay attention to the words that was written there but uh, my, my way of thinking was that on the way to the city Lot's wife looked back and she was turned to a pillar of salt that's just what I always thought I thought that you know what she left Sodom they were going to wherever they were trying to get safety at and, and, and she could hear the destruction behind her and she could hear smell the smoke she could hear the brimstone she could feel all that and so she turned around and she, she turned back to the city and that's where she died. I've heard it preached. I've thought about it. That was just my way of thinking. That's not what the Word says. The Word says that the sun was risen upon the earth when they entered Zoar, And then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew up on the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. She was in the city that they went to for safety and she looked back. It wasn't on the road to Zoar. they had already reached the city. The angels told Lot to take his family to the mountain. But he convinced them to settle... Uh, to let him settle for taking him to a city because he felt that the city was far enough away from Sodom that he and his family would be safe. There was a reason he told him to go to the mountain. There's a reason our pastor preaches to us the way that he does. There's a reason I'm preaching to you the way that I am tonight. There's a reason that we live the way that we do because I'm trying to keep my family in the church. I'm trying to make sure that you keep your family in the church tonight. <clears throat> There's a reason that we have our families in church when the doors are open. There's a reason that we live a holy lifestyle. There's a reason that we don't dwell in worldly places. We've got to stay in the church. Uh, Moses, when he was going up to the Lord, he t- God told him to tell the people not to even come to the mountain. And uh uh, come, uh well that's ironic. I tell you to the mountain, and now I'm telling you not to go to the mountain i got a weird way of thinking, I guess. But, but anyway, two different stories here. Let me clarify that. Moses Moses is with the people of Israel. And he's going up to the mountain to, to, to the Lord. And the Lord tells him, tell the people, don't even come near the mountain. When you're in the mountains, you can't tell where the mountain starts. You can't tell. I mean, if you got a GPS, you can see the elevations change. But you can't tell exactly where that particular mountain starts at until you get on up and you say, well, I'm, I'm on the mountain. We have one of the greatest pastors in the world. And there are things that he preaches to us that need to be boundaries in our in my life and your life so that we don't go further than God intends us to go. Moses had to set boundaries for the people so that they wouldn't come up the mountain. Our pastor, he sets, our pastor sets boundaries for us. He instructs us on holy living and he instructs us on being a godly people and he instructs us on how to live a life that's pleasing to our God. He doesn't just tell us that because it's what he wants us to do. He tells us these things because he's trying to make sure we stay in the church so that we can take our family to heaven he's trying to make sure that we don't die lost he's trying to keep us in the church we can't live our lives selling for things that won't send us to hell we got to live our lives pleasing to God stay in the church I've always pictured Lot and his wife and his daughters on the road to that city like I said but then they get to the city and she dies she turns around and she looks back and, and, and she dies Why do we settle when God tells us to do something? Why don't we do it? Uh, God can tell me to go on a 10-day fast, and I've done it, and it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. But God can tell me that, and about that third day, this old belly gets to growling pretty good, and I'm ready for some Doritos or something. Why, Why can't I follow through with what God's wanting me to do? Why do we settle? Why do we go to a city when God's given us a mountain for a reason? Why is it that God speaks to us? We try to take the easy route. He recommended Lot to take his family to the mountain. And he settled for a city. Lot said, can we settle with going to this city instead of the mountain? Because it's close. I don't know about you, but when God's about to destroy something, I don't want to be anywhere near it. If God's about to take out something, I want my family as far away from it as I can get. I don't want to be close to it. Once they entered the city, Lot's wife looked back and she died. I wonder if, when he went to the, if he had went to the mountain, would his wife ha- ha- have lived? Would she have ever? I wonder if that mountain was so far they couldn't even see the smoke rising in the sky. I wonder if that was the reason they told him to go to the mountain because if they had went to the mountain, they knew that they wouldn't even be tempted with anything inside them. Genesis nineteen and thirty. This is right after Lot's wife died. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar. After his wife died, he feared to dwell in Zoar. When you've already lost something, that's not the time to do everything God wants you to do. The time to do what God wants you to do is when He first tells you to before something happens that He decides, you know what? I've got to shake them somehow. I've got to make sure that they live for God. The time to be obedient to God is not right after tragedy struck. It's not time to be obedient to God when you're diagnosed with that disease or when you've lost some things in your life. It's not time to be obedient to God then. The time is before that happens so that when you're faced with something, you can say, God, I trust You that You're going to get me through this. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. Pitching your tent towards Sodom. It'll cost you your family. It'll kill your faith. Looking towards Sodom will break you. Stay in the church. Looking toward Sodom will cost a man his wife. It'll cost a man his life. I wish I had a man. I know this isn't just shouting running the aisles and I know that we're just a little bit different in here tonight but I wish I had a man that would stand up and say you know what I'm keeping my family in the church I'm not going to do the things that are going to that are going to hinder my family's walk with God I'm not going to allow my family to, to lose out with God I'm going to step up and I'm going to be the priest of my home. I'm not going to depend on my wife to cover my family in prayers. I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to plead the blood for that little boy. And I'm going to plead the blood for that little girl. And I'm going to plead the blood for my wife and myself and my family. I'm going to plead the blood for everything. I'm not going to settle for a city. I'm taking my family to a mountain. Maybe there's in here tonight that, of the opinion that when pastor speaks us to do something that is, it may not be necessary, but I can tell you that kind of thinking will lead you to the city, will lead you to the mountain. Ruth chapter 1 tells of Elimelech and his wife Naomi. There was a famine in the land and Elimelech took his wife and his sons out of Israel and and went to Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. And then her two sons died, so she returned to Israel. Now Elimelech didn't break any commandments. He could the only problem with the Limelech is he couldn't see past the situation that he was faced with. It caused him to think that it would be better if he went somewhere else and tried to start over. However, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 8 says, The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in thy storehouses, and in that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. He says he will bless them in thy storehouses. This is your storehouse. This is where you get fed. You stay in this place. You don't leave this place. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care what's going on in your life. You stay in the church because God's going to bless you in the church. He's going to make sure that your needs are supplied in the church he's going to make sure that whatever you're facing that 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 you're going to have somebody that walks hand in hand with you as long as you stay in the church he'll bless you in your storehouses he shall bless thee in the land that the lord god has given them the bible doesn't tell us anything about Elimelech other than he was going through a famine and he decided to leave the land of israel for moab the land that is referred to israel signifies the church So stay in the church Stay in the church. I don't want to stay in the church. I'll lose my faith right after before the famine. over. I do not want to almost make it. I want to stay in the church through the famine. I don't want to leave the famine. I don't want to leave the church when I start seeing the, the signs that famine's coming. I want to stay here because I know that if I stay in the church, I'll be blessed. You can come to the music. Genesis 19 and verse 30. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in a cave. He and his two daughters and the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of a father. And they made their father drink wine that night And the first one went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down or when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay yesterday night with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also. And go thou and lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also, when the younger arose and lay with him, and perceived not when she lay down or and he perceived not when she lay down, or when she arose. Thus were both daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites, Unto this day. And the younger she also bare a son, and called his, his, his name then Benami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. These kids that were birthed, that were born there, became enemies of Israel. They were the fathers of the Moabites and the father of the Ammonites, who fought Israel every chance they got. It didn't matter what Israel had going on. If they could make trouble for them, they were going to make trouble for them. Lot left the man of God when he left Abraham. If you don't mind, stand with me. Then he, le- he left the church. Changed his life drastically. It started a trend that repeated itself throughout his life. He left the church. Then the angels say to go to the mountain and he decides to go to Zohar. It cost him his wife. lived a very sad life. He finally goes to the mountain. When God had told him to before, he waits and he finally decides, well, I'll go to the mountain now. And he gets there only to produce enemies of God. Enemies of the church. Because Lot left the church, he produced something that would always be at odds with the church. This ain't no game we're playing. This ain't something that's just something we do on Sundays and Wednesdays to go see our friends. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of our souls. This is a matter of our future. You stay in the church and your family will be blessed as long as they live. They're going to come up against things, but God's always going to see them through it. But you leave the church and you're going to produce something that you're not going to be pleased with. You're going to produce something that a couple of generations from now will be at odds against the church and will attack God's people every chance they get. You can hear people in places. We live in Walnut, and I'm thankful we live here, but you can go to certain places and you walk into certain places and all you're going to hear is, is men sitting around a table or women sitting around a, at, a, at a bar stool somewhere around a cash register or something. You're going to hear, hear people running down the people of God. I don't want to leave the church and Jackson's boys and Jackson's daughters be sitting at a cafe someday saying, I wouldn't have let my family go to that place to save my life. I want to produce something that's going to take people to heaven. I don't want to produce something that's going to fight the kingdom of God. So if you've got something that you need God to help you with, that you're fighting right now, that you're saying, God, you know what? It's been a struggle. It's been something I've been fighting for a while, God. I need you to help me with it because above all else, I must be saved. And above that, God, I've got to take my family with me. I've got a little boy. I've got another little boy on the on the way, and I want to do everything I can to raise them in the truth. If you've got something in your life that you, that, that you know is going to hinder that, I'm opening these altars right now. I'm giving you the chance to come, and I promise you if you'll come to these altars, God will help you with it. God will give you some deliverance. God will give you some direction. He'll give you the strength to overcome whatever you're dealing with in this place tonight.